0: The Hello and once again we want to welcome you back to The Salvation Has Been Brought Down podcast hosted by the Greenville Avenue Church of Christ Evangelism Ministry and we just want to say thank you once again for tuning in today and for taking out your time uh, to be with us today as we continue into this series uh, we are talking about things that will help an individual to grow more spiritual through the studying of the Bible, and most of all, that you might learn uh, information that can help you to become stronger in the studying of the Word of God, but most of all, too, uh, that uh, you can grow and that you can make better assessments about your Christian life and your walk in your Christian life and so within this uh, series, the idea is f- to share information that will help an individual to discern right and wrong as it uh, as it relates to God's Word. One of the things that we emphasize a lot is uh, the Apostles' Doctrine, and uh, we know that there are many doctrines that are taught out in the world, but a lot of it is not focused on the teachings of the apostles. And so we're generally interested in the apostles' doctrine, the doctrine that was given to them by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And they implemented uh, this doctrine on the day of Pentecost, which took place in uh, Acts chapter 2. And uh, the day that the church began. And so um, this series, again, is to give insight on the studying of the Word of God. But most of all, uh, to give you an opportunity to investigate scriptures. And I, I like that for the simple fact that uh, we hear a lot of things uh, that are going on in the society in which we live. But sometimes we don't take the time for ourselves to study. And I think that's so important. And I believe that when an individual begins to study on his or her learning, um, his or her time, um, that says to me that you're searching for the truth. And we're all searching. We're all wanting to know God's truth. And how are we are going to know that truth? It is going to come through. The studying of the word and hearing uh, God's teaching. And so uh, we talked about uh, a plan of action to save a lost soul in the last, uh, the first episode. In this episode today, we're going to be looking at what is called the two-step plan. And, uh, And so what I want to do is ask you to grab your Bibles, grab pencil and paper, And so you can make some notes. And I think this is so important because if someone is speaking to me about God's Word, I want to make sure that they're telling me the truth, not just because I'm listening to them. And uh, we have a lot of individuals who listen to what people say and they believe it. And once they believe it, it's kind of hard to uh, uh, turn away from it. But once you open up the book the Bible, and you begin to read for yourself, I believe that is the true beginning of of searching for God's truth. And so again, we welcome you to the Salvation Has Been Brought Down uh, podcast. And uh, so again, we're going to begin. I'm Brother Tyrone Jones. I am Associate Minister here at the Greenville Avenue Church of Christ, and uh, we're going to begin on this topic the two-step plan. And so you can probably gather from the title that uh, we're going to be looking at two steps. And so uh, again, thank you so much. So within this two-step plan, what is this plan all about? The purpose of this plan is to bring a person out of a pathway that is going in the wrong direction. Now that's Very important. Notice a pathway that a person is going in the wrong direction, and in order to bring them into a pathway or a path of righteousness. So, those are the two steps. We want to bring a person out of going in the wrong direction and bring them in a pathway of righteousness. The two step plan that's the purpose. So looking back into history, and I'm just going to share a little bit. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about this, but uh, there's a fact down at the bottom. There are invariably challenges that God uses to bring his people out of circumstances in order to lead them to salvation. Now, that particular statement uh, helps me to see, and I hope it will help you to see as well as that, when God has a, a, a pattern for his people, that lets us know that there are some things that you're going to go through in this life that's going to require some hardships. But in the end, when God is trying to bring you out of something, he's going to bring you into a much better situation. So let's look up at the top here. Let's look at Noah and and his family in Genesis chapter 6 through 9. So we know that during that particular time, there was wickedness all across the world. And what did God do? Now, God will use Noah and his family, and he's going to bring that family out of all of this wickedness. Now, they're in the midst of it. They're in the midst of it. But in the end, he's going to bring them out and he's going to what? Destroy the world. He's going to destroy the world completely. So there's a great hardship there. Many people lost their lives except Noah and his family. So he brought them out of a terrible situation and brought them on the other side. Now look at Abraham, Lot, and Sodom, Gomorrah. Genesis 19, verses 1 through 28. This is another example of an act of wickedness. An act of wickedness was taking place here in the life of Abraham and Lot. And we see how God will bring Abraham and Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah during a period of time where there was wickedness all across that land. And what does God do? He destroys it. And so that helps us to see that God does not like wickedness because at some time, at some time, he is going to destroy it. But when it comes to his people, when his people are involved in situations like that, he might destroy the situation, but he finds a way to bring his people out of that. But he can also find a way to bring a person who is in the action of wickedness, and bring them out of that. We see the life of Joseph and his family, Genesis chapter 37. Joseph sold into slavery as a, as a result of envy and jealousy of his own brothers. Now, Joseph went through a, a lot uh, with his family, but what does God do? God brings him out of that situation. And what I like most about it. Even though he brought Joseph out of that. He used Joseph to bring his family out of that. And so they were all blessed. Richly. Uh, because of that. We look at the children of Israel. Uh, when they were held in bondage. For some 400, 400 years. And God will bring his servant Moses. Moses to bring them out of that Egyptian bondage, Exodus, Exodus 11 and verse 12. And he brings them on the other side. He brings them into the land of Canaan. And so we see how they suffered uh, many situations there. And they went through a whole lot. He took them through quite a bit of tests uh, in the wilderness. But because of their disobedience, he punished them. But in the end... He brought them out of that situation. So these principles is also relevant to those who are not in the body of Christ. So if you're listening today and you're not in the body of Christ, God wants to bring you out of a situation that you're going through, uh, something that you're going through in your life and you don't like how those circumstances are going. Well, he can bring you out of those situations, but you have to be in the body of Christ. He'll bring you out. So the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel was disobedient to God's word, and they experienced what I call the stagnant syndrome, and that is a terrible state to be in. Uh, The stagnant syndrome is like being in the prison of your mind. That means you're caught up in your mind and you don't know how to get out of it. There are things that are going on in your life and you don't know what to do. You're, You're stuck and you can't get out of it. That's the stagnant syndrome. That is a terrible state to be in. But God can bring you out of that terrible state. The nation of Israel is better known as the national religion in the mosaical dispensation. So what occurs in this stagnant state of mind? This is a perfect time to think and reflect if you're stagnant, you know, in the stagnant syndrome. You're in a state of frustration. Are you feeling that way today? You're angry about things that are going on in your life. You're disappointed about things that are going on in your life. You're experiencing anxiety. These are things that will put you in a stagnant state of mind, and you don't know how to get out of it. But you can get out of it. But you have to be willing to change your mindset. You have to be willing to change your mindset. Let's consider Saul of Tarsus. Who is this person? Paul Originally Saul, early Christian missionary and theologian, known as the Apostle to the Gentiles, born a Jew in Tarsus, Asia Minor. He was trained as a rabbi but earned his living as a tent maker, Jewish scholar or teacher, especially one who studies or teaches Jewish law. A zealous Pharisee, a zealous Pharisee. Now, this is a smart man here. We're talking about Saul who became Paul, the apostle Paul. Smart. Now, what does he do? He persecuted the first Christians upon a vision of Jesus experienced on the road of Damascus and was converted him to Christianity. Acts chapter 1 verse 19. So, we're talking about Saul who had a hate for, for Christians, and as a result of that hate for Christians, he went on a journey to persecute them, to persecute them. He hated Christians, and that was his mission. But God does something with Paul, and that's why I say when you're in this mindset, and that's the way you've been taught or that's the way you're uh, experiencing something in your daily life today This helps us to see that it does not matter what you're going through, but God can bring you out of what you're going through. This helps us to see when you come into Christ, you're not just coming in because everything was just so grand and everything was just so nice. When you come into Christ, there are some things that you're going through and God is making a way to bring you out upon a decision that you make to follow him. So Saul was a zealous Jew. Now watch this, because of his great zeal for Jewish law and traditions, he was very upset about his Jewish brethren. Now notice his Jewish brethren who were following the new way of Christianity uh, was first called. And we talked about that in the last session when we said on the day of Pentecost, you had all of those nations, Jewish nations gathered there, and 3,000 of them obeyed the gospel. But more importantly, daily, they were being added to the church on a daily basis. So Saul, who later becomes Paul, he's angry about these Jews who have decided to follow Christ, and he's going to take vengeance in his own hands with the authority from the uh, Pharisees. So thinking about that he was serving God, Saul became the worst enemy of Christians. Now that's, that's bad. Saul became the worst enemy of Christians. He hunted them down drugged them out of their homes, imprisoning them, and even having them killed. That's a bad person. That's a bad person. Now watch what happens, though. So in Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, Brothers, my heart desires and prayers to God for the Israelites. We're talking about the nation of Israel is for their salvation. So he's talking about their salvation, for I testify about them that they are zealous for God, but not in, on the basis of knowledge. So in other words, uh, this nation of Israel, they're zealous about knowledge, uh, about God, but they don't have the knowledge. They don't have the understanding. They don't have the right information. And and you might, might ask the question, how come they don't have the right information? Well, they didn't follow the teaching. They didn't follow the prophecies. They didn't follow the messages. They didn't connect the dots that we're talking about. And so they have, in other words, they have developed their own concept or their own ideas as to how things should be. And that's simply what we do with knowledge. So in other words, we can go to school, we can become educated, we can get our degrees, and now we think we know it all. Well, it's good to gain knowledge, but at the same time, you need what we call wisdom. And so they have knowledge, but they don't have wisdom. And see, when you have wisdom, you are able to take knowledge and utilize it in the proper manner. And so that's what's going on here with the nation of Israel. They are are zealous. They're ready to do things, but they're lacking understanding. And that's the way the world is today. Because they were ignorant. Notice what it says. Because they were ignorant of God's righteousness and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. And I just said that. They had all this information sitting there for them, before them in the Bible, but would not study it. And that's what many people uh, do today. They will come up with their own philosophies, their own opinions about how they see things. And once they uh, uh, come up with these ideas, they're not willing to change their ways. And that's what was going on here. So he's reminding them here. So obedience is paramount. And we're, looking, and we're talking about the mosaical dispensation here. Now notice what it says in uh, Deuteronomy 4.1. And, and I'm looking at the nation of Israel. Now Israel, hear these decrees and laws. I, I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you. So we talked about that earlier, how God delivered Israel out of what? Egyptian bondage. And he will give them uh, a new land. He tells them, "Walk in obedience. Do all that the Lord God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess." Deuteronomy eight and six. Observe these commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to Him and revering Him. So He's letting them know there is, there is promises for you, the promises of God. But there are some things that you have to do. You have to walk in the righteousness of God. You have to do uh, what the Word of God is saying to do. So we've taken a look at the uh, mosaical dispensation. Now we're going to look at this Christian dispensation. The Mosaical Dispensation dealt solely with the nation of Israel. And I use that scenario because we see how in that uh, dispensation, how God will bring Israel out to bring them in. And now we see in the Christian dispensation, look at Romans 1, verse 5. Though him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. So remember earlier I talked about how uh, Paul, uh, who uh, was once Saul, became Paul. And God utilizes Paul to bring the gospel to uh, the Gentiles. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners. Now notice what it just says. For just as through the disobedience of one man, many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. And so we see here how uh, through the righteousness of Christ, Many will be made righteousness. Romans 6.26 But now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. Now, you notice we're talking about the Gentiles. And so I want to make a point as we look at Gentiles because... In the Mosaical Dispensation, it was centered upon the nation of Israel. Well, who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles are all the other nations uh, that are not of the Jewish background. And so those uh, individuals are Gentiles. And we're thankful today. I know I'm thankful for today because uh, if it wasn't for uh, Christ dying on the cross, the Gentiles would not have a chance to eternal life. And so we see the difference that in the Mosaical Dispensation, God had a chosen people. And when we move into the Christian Dispensation, God now is focused on the universe. And that's what the Christian Dispensation is all about. Looking into the entire world, That not just the nation of Israel, but all the nations upon the earth will have a chance to eternal life. So in other words, I brought Israel. I made a way to bring Israel out of darkness. I'm going to make a way to bring the universe out of darkness. And it's going to be through my son, Jesus Christ. So. These are some common struggles of life, 1 John 2 and 16. So let's look at these a little bit. So you see pride. What is pride? These are some things that will put you in a terrible state. Unrestrained appreciation of our own work. That's your pride. Greed. inmoderate desire for earthly goods. Lust. Hankering over Uh, impure pleasures, anger, inordinate desire for revenge, gluttony, restrained use of food and drink. These are the common struggles of life. And when you look at these, these are the different things that people are struggling with in their lives, and it has them in a chokehold, and they're, they're subdued. And, and the only way you're going to get out of that is you're going to have to release it. You're going to have to find a way uh, that God can bring you out. And I'm going to talk about that just a little bit more. But these are the common struggles. Pride, greed, lust, anger, gluttony. Make a note of those. So what do you need to do? Here's the answer. Let go and let God. Let go, let God. You've tried everything and you still don't know where you're going or how to resolve your problem. Are you in that type of state? Maybe you thought a good education would make a way for you. And many people think that, yes, getting a good education, that's going to give me life, that's going to give me happiness, that's going to give me everything I need to sustain me. Maybe you thought your friends would make a way for you. Do you have friends who you depend so much on, and when, when things are not going right, you depend on them to help you get out of situations? Uh, maybe you thought your family would make a way for you. And that's a lot of truth in that. We know that family, our family, we love our families, but sometimes your family could be the ones that will let you down. Maybe you thought your boss would make a way for you. You know, you're so focused into your career and you're trying to please and do everything to please your boss, your your, your teammates, and then when you're down and out you're looking for them to give you Uh, the support that you need, and then you find out that that support is not there. Uh, It's time to give God the opportunity to show you what he is capable of doing in his way. And I think that's really the way that God will bring a person out because once you have made up in your mind that you have tried it every other way, And you know that any of those solutions did not work. This is a pathway that many people decide it's time to make a change. So you haven't given God a chance. You have given everybody else, every other individual within your circle of influence to help you through. And they have what? Failed you. That is one of the most disappointing states that a person can be in, and it is very painful. Just as the many uh, situations we talked about early on with Noah, with uh, Abraham and Lot, with the nation of Israel, with Joseph and, and his family. Those were very painful situations, but God is good. God's grace is everlasting, and he, God, can only bring you out of a situation like that. God is ready to bring you out, that he might bring you in. And that's what we're talking about. The two-step plan. He's ready to bring you out. But you have to be willing to release the pressures. So again, we took a look at the road to perdition. Are you on the road to Damascus thinking you are doing the right thing as Saul of Tarsus thought? You know, we talked about Saul, bad man, on, his, on the road to Damascus to do what? To destroy Christians. God brought him out. You have a zeal for doing right, but you lack knowledge. You got your BS degree, you got your master's degree, you got your doctoral degree, you read books, you read magazines, you do research, you got all of that knowledge, but you don't have wisdom. You have knowledge, but no wisdom. But you're zealous, you're full of zeal. Matthew 7, verse 21 through 30, uh, 23. Now, watch this, Is very careful. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So that's, that tells us something. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom that we talked about in the first episode. But, on, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. So he's letting us know right here now, you're not going to enter into this kingdom without doing my will. You're not going to enter without doing my will. That's, that's clear there. Watch what he says in verse 22. Many of you will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name? And in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles. So on that day, he's talking about the day of judgment. When the day of judgment comes, that's your judgment day. That's the day you will be judged based on your deeds and what you've done on this earth. Now, watch what he says. This, this is probably the part that it, it should cut right through you. Watch it. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, evildoers. Now, so in other words, you've done all these good works on, on this earth. You give of your money, you give of your time, you're involved in ministry, you're involved in. You're a philanthropist. You feed the hungry. You do all these different things, and they're all good. You study your Bible, but you are involved in iniquity. Now, let me say that. Just let me clear that up. Iniquity, you're involved in iniquity. So let me explain it just a little bit. When we look at sin, sin... uh, simply means that you have fallen short. That's all sin is. You fall short of God's plan, right? And then for some reason, you fall short, and then you continue to fall short. Now you're crossing over into sin. You've transgressed. So you've fallen short. You won't stop. So now you're transgressing over into it even deeper. And then finally, you have transgressed so far to where you can't get yourself out of it. You're in a state of iniquity. You cannot get out of it. When you're doing wrong, you don't even think wrong no more. That's what iniquity is. So he's saying right here, then I will tell you I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So even if you're a good person and you are a person who just practice sin, 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 and you don't do nothing to correct it, you have transgressed over, you crossed over, you're in iniquity, you're a very nice person, but you're in iniquity, and the only way you're going to get out of it is you're going to have to repent and turn away. So there is a narrow and broad gate, Matthew 7 13 through 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in there. Now you see off to the left here, these are examples of two gates. So you have a gate or a pathway where you see many people are going up that pathway. And then you see one person following the pathway of Jesus. So in verse 13, that broad gate is the pattern where you see all of those individuals going through. That is the pattern where you know that people are doing whatever they want to do. They are not focused on what God wants them to do. And there are many. That's why he said there are many there be which what? Go in. Uh, Through this pathway Now look at verse 14 Because straight is the gate And narrow is the way Which leadeth unto life And few Now notice he said few There be that find it So that helps us to see Going back to Matthew 7.21 He says that not everyone That says unto me Lord, Lord Will enter There's only going to be a few I don't know the number of what God's few is, but it certainly is not that a large number. That helps us to see. So there's a comparison and contrast between a narrow and a broad gate. And you don't want to be in that broad gate for the simple fact that you're going to what? In the end, Christ is going to tell you to what? Get away from me, ye that work what? Iniquity. So do not follow the majority the right way. So the circle of influence. If a person is not going your way, they're in your way. I like that. If a person is not going your way, they're in your way. And that's something you need to think about. Sometimes we want to follow people just to be cool or to... Uh, Just to say we're part of a certain social social group and and we follow that. Get out of there. You got to get out of a way of a person that's not going your way. Let it go. Proverbs 4, 14 through 15 says, Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. That's very clear right there. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go your own way. Watch what your circle influence looks like. So in conclusion, we have talked about the two-step plan, how God wants to bring you out of a pathway that's not on the right path, but to bring you in to his righteousness. Now how do you do that? You have to become a member of his body. And how do you become a member of his body? You have to hear the word of God. And that's what we've been talking about today. You have to hear the word of God. Uh, It is through the gospel. The gospel being what? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what that simply means is you have to hear that gospel and you have to believe it, that gospel that you've heard. You have to repent, turn away from your sins, turn away from those things that are contrary to God's will. And I put a lot of emphasis on that because a lot of people, they are in those situations and they don't know how to get out. But you have to repent, and you have to turn away from those things, and then you have to make that confession that we talked about in the first episode. How uh, you have to confess that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That same confession that Peter made on the day of Pentecost. Uh, that the uh, well not only the day of Pentecost, but in Matthew sixteen eighteen. Peter made the confession that I, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So every person has to make that confession. And then you have to be baptized for the remission of your sins. Remission simply means for the forgiveness of your sins. And so if you want to get out of a troublesome life, a life that is not healthy for you, you're going to have to do it through coming, through hearing the Word of God, believing what you've heard, repenting of those sins, and confess that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sin. And once you come up out of the water, a of baptism, you come up a new creature in Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ has washed all your sins away. And then be faithful unto death, Revelations. Chapter 2, verse 8. Be faithful unto death, and you'll receive the crown of life. So God is on deck. He wants to bring you out that he might bring you in. And so today, I hope that this lesson was helpful to you, the two-step plan. Wanted to thank you for tuning in today. Hope you've taken some good notes and made some... uh, uh, comments that you might want to discuss later. Again, uh, we're here. If you have Bible questions, we have Bible answers. Uh, We want you to reach out to us at the Greenville Avenue Church of Christ located in Richardson, Texas. Again, I'm Brother Tyrone Jones, uh, Associate Minister here, and we're just grateful once again to have the opportunity to share with you if you appreciated this podcast today we ask that you subscribe to the podcast that you might continue to uh, receive information on future uh, episodes as well so god bless you we thank you so much and we look forward to seeing you again in the future Praise the Lord.